I have spent so much time in the Calgary Temple, I don't even know how many hours I've spent in there. It has been a lot from tours, not necessarily tours. I got to ride up and down the elevator and operate the elevator in the temple uh, for those that couldn't do the stairs inside the temple during the open house. So I spent a few times, eight hours in the elevator, just going up and down, carting people that were uh, coming that weren't able to do the stairs. Uh, going from one floor to the other and, you know, having brief little conversations with them about about the temple. Um, so that was that was pretty fun. Hello, welcome to Temple Tours with Jerrica and Kelsey. Today we are also joined by Stephen, who currently volunteers as a temple worker. We will also be including stories submitted by Kenzie and Marissa from the Temple District. Their stories are read by Andrea and Claire. Our goal is to virtually take you to Latter-day Saint temples around the world. We discuss the history of each area, little-known facts, architectural symbolism, and we'll always include at least one story submitted by you, our listeners. Today, we are so excited to be talking about a temple that is very close to my heart, the Calgary Temple. But instead of telling you my own story during the episode, we'll be sharing other stories from Latter-day Saints in the Calgary Temple District. Unlike much of southern Alberta, Calgary was not settled by members of the church. However, the city and church membership there has grown quickly over the last 100 years. In a city with about 1.3 million residents, there are eight stakes, one of which is a newly formed young single adult stake. Until the completion of the temple, saints in Calgary traveled about two to three hours to visit the nearest temple in Cardston or Edmonton, Alberta. The Calgary Temple was announced during the October 2008 General Conference by President Thomas S. Monson. Many Calgarians who heard the announcement live don't recall the three temples that were announced between their temple and Rome. Members watching from home, at stake centers, or live in the conference center couldn't contain their excitement. I personally jumped up from my seat shouting for joy. Though there were already two temples in Alberta, Cartston being most attended by saints in Calgary, faithful members looked forward to the day when they could go to the temple on a weekday evening after work, instead of having to plan a whole weekend trip to attend the temple. Only a few months prior to the announcement, President Henry B. Iron was visiting Calgary for a priesthood leadership conference. During his visit, he was assigned to privately visit a 10-acre lot that the church already owned in northwest Calgary. President Monson had asked him to see if the lot would be suitable for a temple. Elder Milken, who had previously presided as a stake president in Northwest Calgary, drove him to the site they were considering for the temple. President Irene took a moment to admire the view and said, I think you'll get your temple. The temple sits high up on a hill in the northwest neighborhood of Royal Oak in Calgary, a fitting location for a house of God. There is a pre-existing stake center adjacent to the parking lot. The temple is easily accessible by public transit or the ring road that allows for less traffic for members who live on the southeast corner of the city. As you stand south of the temple, you can look from east to west with no obstruction to your view. To the east, you see the blanket of city that stretches to the Calgary skyline tall buildings full of people going about their day. The view of the city is especially spectacular at night, with all sorts of colorful lights visible from the temple grounds. To the west, the foothills stand between you and the majestic Rockies breaking on the horizon. Since the dedication of the Calgary Temple, spent, like I said, numerous hours um, there 
doing baptisms, confirmation, endowments, sealings for those ancestors that have passed on, uh, have been able to be there for two of my children that have uh, received their endowment uh, in the temple for my daughter who was, who was there first for her endowment prior to her getting sealed and married to her husband in the Calgary temple. And, um, and then again, I was able to be an escort to, my, to one of my other sons through the Calgary temple. And that was a, a very special experience for me, uh, being able to go through with him and, and uh, be there for him uh, as his support guide, I guess you will. And then a couple years after those experiences, my wife and I started working in the temple as ordinance workers, always loving the individuals that come to the temple, being able to be with them and help them through um, to support them as they, as they do this special work for those that have passed on and be able to have some of the experiences um, that are very tender for those people, which then become tender for us as ordinance workers to be a part of that. It's always sad when somebody comes to the temple after burying a child. They're just kind of at at the bottom of their emotions uh, with sadness, but they understand Heavenly Father's plan and as sad as it is that they lost a child, that they know that they will be with that child again, that they will be reunited with that child. And being able to be there and just sort of not really say anything to them, but just kind of guide them through to where they, you know, would like to go to the celestial room just to be there alone with their spouse and just you know feel of their love that they have and their understanding that they have of heavenly father's plan that families truly are forever when we are sealed we are together forever and as hard as it is to lose a family member on this earth um, the understanding that we have to be with that family member again in the future Uh, and to be reunited with our Father in Heaven and Jesus Christ and the rest of our family, as huge as that may be, um, will be a very special and quite the family reunion, I think, um, as we get together. And definitely appreciate those individuals that, that come to the temple and allow us to be a part of their healing and to be there to support them um, as ordinance workers in the temple. Ground was broken on May 15, 2010, and construction began. In January of 2012, members bundled up on a typically cold Canadian winter morning to watch the Angel Moroni be placed on the spire. Hymns of praise were sung as friends and family huddled close to keep warm. The occasion was so momentous to local members that many parents pulled their youth and children out of school for the morning to watch such a milestone in the temple's construction. That summer, youth and young adults practiced several hours a week to perform the cultural celebration that was to be held the Saturday before the dedication. The celebration included reenactments of the local history, 
Calgary is home to the world's largest stampede, a tradition that dates back to 1912 and attracts between 1.2 and 1.5 million people from around the world annually. Reenactments of chuck wagon races, traditional line dances, and fair games were all included in the cultural celebration. President Monson was unable to attend the performance in person because it was his wife's birthday and she would have been unable to travel with him. He and his wife watched from home as the youth sang, We Thank Thee, O God, for a Prophet, and performed to the best of their abilities. When Calgarian youth heard of his wife's passing not long after, there was a feeling of gratitude and relief that he decided to stay home with her. Leading up to the open house and dedication of the temple, many members of the surrounding stakes participated in planting trees, bushes, and flowers, as well as cleaning the temple and moving furniture into each assigned room. It's rare that local volunteers are needed to help with the temple landscaping. However, because of a delayed delivery of materials, the landscaping fell far behind schedule. Within only a couple of weeks, members in the area contributed 16,000 volunteer hours. The temple and landscaping were completed one hour before the first tour of the open house. Word of the open house spread quickly, and within only four weeks, over 100,000 people toured the temple. The Calgary Temple opened in October 2012, which seemed like yesterday, honestly. My grandparents came up from Utah for the open house as Calgary is still home for them, and we are the only grandchildren who are in Canada. As the open house was happening, I was lucky enough to volunteer twice, and the public's response was more than anticipated, and we had to rework the flow to be able to get people through efficiently, because the lines were so long. It was such a wonderful experience I'm grateful for. One night, I also brought my co-workers from the salon I was working at then, which was only three other people, but it's still something they bring up once in a while. They always remember the celestial room because of the beautiful chandeliers there. The room is so bright and beautiful. My stylist still talks about that room and says or asks, you'll get to go inside there when you get married? Which to me is still showing the imprints these beautiful places have on others. The Calgary Temple was dedicated on October 28, 2012 by President Thomas S. Monson, who arrived in Calgary early that morning. Winter came early that year, greeting joyful Calgarian saints with fresh white snow that blanketed the entire city the morning of the dedication. During the dedication, speakers spoke of the purity the snow brought to the already browning city. It was as though God wanted to beautify the whole city for this special occasion. Of the Calgary Temple, Chad S. Hawkins said, For decades, the saints of Calgary have faithfully traveled distances through all kinds of Canadian weather to serve in the temple. Now it's their privilege to have one of their own. Once the Calgary Temple was dedicated, there were eight temples in Canada, three of which were in Alberta. 22 out of 47 stakes were located in Alberta at the time. At the end of 2020, Alberta had grown to 26 stakes. I was actually able to be in the temple for the dedication of the Calgary Temple. I was there when President Monson dedicated it. Uh, I was there for the last session, the last dedication session that uh, he was there. And as we exited the temple, he was standing at the top of the stairs on the, on the top floor and as we were going down the stairs or getting ready to go down the stairs, I ended up being beside President Monson 
And he looked at my tie and he was like, that's a nice tie, young man. <laughs> so, and I wasn't that young either, you know. So, but I guess, you know, when you're the age that President Monson was, everybody is fairly young. So that was a, a fun little experience to be able to meet President Monson at that point in time and to, to be there for uh, the de dedication of the Calgary Temple. The Calgary Temple is 33,000 square feet with two ordinance rooms. The first room has a beautiful mural painted by Leon Parson. He said that he asked the Lord where he should go and he said, Carburn Park. So although Leon Parson collected reference photos from Wyoming, British Columbia, and other areas in Alberta, the mural is also largely inspired by Carburn Park in Calgary. If you look carefully at the mural, you can find a great horned owl, which is Alberta's official bird. You'll also find many other local wildlife, including a harrier hawk, two western tanagers, two white-tailed deer, three elk, five mule deer, 13 geese, 14 antelope, some bees, and some butterflies. Before we continue, we would like to remind you that you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Temple Tours Pod. Be sure you're following us for a more visual version of each episode with pictures and videos during the week. When temples are built, local history and symbolism are usually considered an important part of the design process. Calgary is a large Canadian city that sits right in between the foothills of the Rockies to the west with the prairies to the east. Local farmers grow mostly wheat and canola. Wheat is a common theme throughout the temple. It is found in the landscaping, in the stained glass windows, etched into the marble on each side of the temple, and even on the door handles and furniture. My temple has lots of little wheat details. I grew up in what is known as the prairies, which are the provinces of Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. When we would take long road trips to see family, the country roads would be filled with bright canola and wheat fields. They were always nice to look at and play in growing up. I have fond memories of seeing wheat fields. When I first went to the temple to do baptisms when I was 14 or so, I was so glad to see vertical lines of wheat everywhere. It really represents Alberta and is something anyone in Alberta would be familiar with. Though a beautiful representation of the local culture, wheat also lends to religious symbolism, calling to memory the parable that Jesus taught of the wheat and the tares. Matthew 13 verses 24 through 30. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Alberta is represented by the wild rose that is also found throughout the details of the temple. The bride's room is covered in etchings of wild roses, from the carpet to the chandeliers on the ceiling. 
The doorknobs and poles combine the wild rose and the wheat for an intricate design. The Calgary Temple recently got new paintings uh, in the temple and some which we've seen in, in other temples around that we've been to over the years uh, and we've enjoyed them in those other temples and now to see them in the Calgary Temple it's uh, really nice especially when we can be there so often to see these paintings. There is some very special artwork inside the temple that um, sadly you don't really get to see anywhere else. To be able to go to the temple and to just be able to look at the artwork that's in there, all focusing on Heavenly Father's plan and the Savior. Everywhere you look, it's all about the Savior. You know, it is truly the house of the Lord and so grateful that we're able to serve there um, as ordinance workers and be able to serve there hopefully soon as um, patrons to be able to go through to do the work for our ancestors to do that and help everybody be able to return to Heavenly Father and have the ordinances available to them. And that's why the Calgary Temple is special to me. Thank you for listening today. We hope you learned something new about the Calgary Temple. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Temple Tours Pod for more information about this beautiful temple. Temple Tours is a production of Mecco Radio. Today's hosts were Jerrica Dennison and Kelsey Josie. Special thank you to Stephen, Kenzie, and Marissa for sharing their stories with us, and to Andrea and Claire for reading Kenzie's and Marissa's stories, respectively. This episode was written and produced by Jerrica Dennison. The script was reviewed by Claire Oster, and I, Alex Williams, edited this program. The music we used includes Where I Find Rest by Sunwash, In the Clouds by Be Still the Earth, Wonderland by Midtro, Ray by Kevin Graham, Horizon by Cloud Cover, and After All This Time by Ben Winwood. A full list of sources and credits can be found in the show notes. And we should note this is not an official podcast of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode.